Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we're back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver. And we're here to bring you more knowledge, more lights, and more love. Hello, everyone. It's the seventh episode, and you know what that means. Every seven episodes, we do a Beyond the News episode where we comb Earth's news feed to find strange, interesting, anomalous stories uh, fringe stories, stories on the edge, stories that you will probably not see in your standard news feed on your mainstream news networks, though a lot of this stuff does come from mainstream sources. Yes, people, beyond the news. I absolutely love these episodes. It's like, get to just really just have fun. There's not a lot of pressure. I'm not hyper-focused on my guests every thought so I can formulate incredible questions as fast as my brain can. It's just focusing on what we're talking about. It's a different energy. It's a different situation. It's a different type of show beyond the news. And for the third straight week, but after this, we have several weeks of guests. We have... As co-host, but not guest, like last week, but co-host, guest co-host, as we always do for our Beyond the News episodes, we have a guest again, co-host, Bryn Anderson from Vinyl Force Herbs. Hello, Bryn. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man. <laughs> you must not have much going on to be back here three weeks. Three weeks in a row, you, you caught me in a lull. Well, you know? we did a lecture episode. <laughs> She's always the co-host or became the de facto co-host. I know. How did you do that? Well, for the lecture episodes and also for the Beyond the News episodes, because it's super boring to just have me talking about it without having just one more person to bounce it off of. The information that is these these stories, the, the Beyond the News episodes, the Beyond the News stories that I found. Yeah, you dig up some great stories. It's, it's nice to, to have one person, the second person, and then the ethereal guest. You, the listener, you're listening. You're with us in spirit, in the time stream. I'm feeling you, all of you, thousands of you around the world in 110 countries. That's where we're at right now. 110 countries. This podcast, the reach of this podcast has gotten out to. So I can feel that through the time stream, the ethereal third guest that we love so much. And we're going to get to this episode, which is going to be so incredible. But first, I need you to do something for me. Go to Blue Cobra CBD. That's Blue Cobra CBD.com. There you will find the highest quality organic CBD oil on the market available for purchase. And that is the Blue Cobra CBD oil. And there's so much out there. Why is this the highest quality? This is the highest quality because 
the way they extract the CBD from the hemp that goes into the oil is a proprietary process. It is called the HIT extraction method, and it was developed by a man named Howard Hitt, a.k.a. Big H, and it is an entirely natural process. No chemicals, no solvents, no gases were used to extract the CBD from the hemp, and the hemp is 100% organic, organ-grown hemp. It's incredibly high quality, some of the highest quality in the world, and that's what goes into this oil. If you have not tried this yet, Blue Cobra CBD has been a sponsor now for a few months, and if you have not tried this yet and you are a connoisseur of CBD products or you've heard about the health benefits of CBD, then you need to try this product. We have a Midnight on Earth Blue Cobra CBD discount code, which when you plug into the box at checkout, it gives you free shipping on any order. One bottle, 10 bottles, 1,000 bottles, free shipping on any order in the continental 48 United States. Unfortunately, Alaska and Hawaii, Virgin Islands, and all the international places, everywhere else in the world, essentially, except for there. I'm sorry the free shipping does not apply. But you should definitely try this. And if you have any questions about your country's laws and how they relate to CBD and CBD products, contact Howard Hit directly, bluecobracbd.com, and you go to the contact area. You can find his number, call him, talk to him, send him an email, bluecobracbd at gmail.com, and plug that discount code in the box at checkout. It is M-I-D-C-B-D. It's M-I-D-C-B-D. Put that in the box. Again, you get the free shipping. There's a money-back guarantee. If you do pay shipping, it does also include the shipping. So if you don't like the product, you get to keep the product. Don't send it back. Keep the product. You get all your money back. And if you did pay shipping, you get that back as well. Howard is developing a line of pet-related CBD products. So keep an eye out for that because... In a way, CBD works better with pets, I've heard. I put it in my shake in the morning every day, and it makes me a happy person, a happier person. That's my personal testimony. It's not medical advice. It's just my own personal testimony. So everyone, do me a favor. Do that for me. Check this out because I'm telling you this because it's beneficial for you. BlueCobraCBD.com. That's bluecobracbd.com. And when you're done with that, of course, as I always ask, follow us on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow us there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podchaser. So many now out there, they have buttons that link us so you know what's going on. Whatever one you use, click that button that connects us. And also tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, your neighbor about this podcast. 
midnightonearth.com. Okay, talked about Blue Cobra CBD. We got our social media shout out out of the way. Bryn Anderson, are you ready <laughs> for Beyond the News? So ready. Okay, so I guess uh, if you're ready, and I'm ready, I guess we should just go ahead and fire the rocket. So here we go. First story from cbsnews.com. Headline, Defense Department announces new UFO task force. The Defense Department has announced a new UFO task force to help the U.S. government spot and identify unknown objects in the air and determine whether they pose any threats. The agency announced on Tuesday it is creating the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group, that's a mouthful, abbreviated AOIMSG. Is that supposed to be an acronym? Like, I was thinking Madison Square Garden. (laughs) To synchronize Washington's efforts to detect, identify, and attribute objects of interest in special use airspace and assess and mitigate any associated threats to safety of flight and national security. Why are they concerned about that? You know, the UFO situation is stepping up so they're apparently afraid it seems an airborne object identification and management executive council comprised of defense and intelligence officials will oversee the new task force incursions by any airborne object into our special use airspace pose safety of flight and operations security concerns and may pose national security challenges, the Department of Defense said in a press release. DOD takes reports of incursions by any airborne object, identified or unidentified, very seriously and investigates each one. Okay, so there's more aerial objects UAPs, UFOs, and now they have a new task force. They always had the task force. Right? They're just telling <laughs> they you. They definitely didn't that. not have the task force. It was just called something else. Maybe this is part of the reason. So this one is from CNET.com. Headline China Moon Rover will investigate cube shaped mystery object. On Lunar Far Side. Holy cow. So we know from previous Beyond the News episodes that China is exploring the far side of the moon with rovers. They don't really talk about that at all in American media. Not at all. And we touched on that in the previous Beyond the News episode. So here we are with a little bit of uh, data now coming back from this uh, expedition. Here's the story. The U-2... Two rovers on a roll. It's been exploring the far side of the moon since early 2019 as part of China's Chang'e 4 lunar lander mission. It now has its eyes set on a strange looking cube shaped object. It's spotted in the distance. And there's a picture of this on CNET. It's just absolutely strange. 
It's a Lego. Andrew Jones, a journalist who covers the Chinese space program for Space News and Space.com, highlighted a new rover update in a series of tweets Friday. The nickname for the cube-shaped object translates to Mystery House. Interesting. The rover team is planning to drive over and get a closer look at the object. As with U22's intriguing discovery of a gel-like substance inside a crater in 2019, don't get too excited for aliens, they're saying. That substance turned out to be glassy-looking rock, and as far as I know, Stanley Kubrick never planted a monolith on the real moon, and those metal sculptures that were once all the rage on Earth haven't made the trek across space. U2-2's view of the cube is fuzzy and far off, so the object's true nature should become clearer as the rover gets closer. The most likely explanation is a boulder. Come on, that's not a boulder. (laughs) It's a perfectly square (laughs) boulder with sharp square sides. Haven't you seen boulders like that all over the place? Of course. Yeah. This part of the moon is pockmarked with impact craters, which can feature quite a bit of chunky debris. No, it's just chunky. The Chunggi 4 mission represents the first surface exploration of the far side of the moon. The rover's work has helped scientists learn about what's happening with the geology under the lunar surface. So the Chunggi 4 mission is the one we're talking about. They're, they're exploring the far side of the moon. They're not saying anything about it at all. People in America, if you're an international listener and this is on your television like daily or every few days shoot me an email let me know it's not happening here in america anything about it and check out that picture because it's clearly some object i mean there's been talk of objects on the moon for a really long time i saw a picture of a pyramid that was on the moon in a book that highlighted some unreleased nasa photos from the 1960s moon landing missions so There's always been talk about structures, so it doesn't surprise me that eventually they're going to have to admit it as people are out doing space tourism. I mean, they're going to have binoculars, perhaps. (laughs) The secret's going to come out, so whatever's out there, we're going to find out about it. And here we go. Let's keep that theme going. Next story. This one's from gizmodo.com. Headline. Space Force detects mystery object in orbit alongside Chinese satellite. Ooh. China's Shijian 21 spacecraft, a satellite with the stated purpose of cleaning up space junk, has an orbital companion, but we're not entirely sure what it is. The Shijian 21 satellite was launched to space by a Long March 3B rocket on October 23rd. Chinese state-run Xinhua News Agency said the spacecraft entered the planned orbit successfully and that it will be mainly used to test and verify space debris mitigation technologies. That's pretty much all that is known about Shijian 21 as China tends to be tight-lipped when it comes to its affairs in space. But on November 3rd, the U.S. military detected a companion object 
in orbit alongside Shijian 21 as Space News reports. Space Force's 18th Space Control Squadron cataloged it as an Apogee kick motor and assigned it the designation 2021-094C. Wow. Space Force Control Squadron. This is very interesting. But an astrophysicist from the Harvard-Smithsonian Center says, I don't know why Space Force thinks these second objects are Apogee kick motors. It's just an incorrect guess on their part. Or do they have classified sensor data that is leading them to this conclusion? Yeah, Apogee kick motors. I think Morley, it's whatever the other thing they sent up with it was that they're not telling people. I mean, it's pretty... <laughs> Pretty obvious. Okay. It's just a thing. And we're just collecting space junk. Everybody's on board with that, right? Space just, junk. Just collecting space junk. And here's our next story. This one's from the sun.co.uk. Headline, Space Invaders. Aliens may have already visited Earth. Bombshell NASA report reveals as Pentagon ramps up hunt for UFOs. And here's the story. Aliens may have already visited Earth, according to a jaw-dropping report by NASA, which says the organization is not closed to the possibility extraterrestrial life exists. While the report said it had not yet found any credible evidence, it said NASA's science missions were working together with a goal to find unmistakable signs of life beyond Earth. The details were released under a Freedom of Information request to NASA by governmentattic.org and released on November 30th, 2021. In the document, it stated, When we learn of unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAP or UFOs, it opens up the door to new science questions to explore. The revelations come in the wake of a Pentagon report in June this year, which detailed what the U.S. government knows about a series of mysterious flying objects that have been observed in military airspaces over the last several decades. The report released on the website of the Office of the Director for National Intelligence examined 144 reports of encounters with what the government deemed unidentified aerial phenomenon. Yes, we do know about that. And we're going to be talking actually with Tom Bowden, Oregon director of MUFON, the mutual UFO network next episode about these things. So definitely tune into that, but yes, aliens have visited earth. Of course. Hello, the pyramids. Okay. Next article. This one is from science.howstuffworks.com. Headline, The Zoo Hypothesis. Are aliens watching us like animals in a zoo? (laughs) (laughs) Do they sell tickets? I don't know, but I wonder if they just keep driving because really we're like all inbred, right? Aren't we like only 25 generations or 25 Degrees of genetics away from each other person. Right. Don't they have to do that in a zoo? You have to bring animals oh from different God. zoos. Like, What if they're to... just like flying by and they're just like horrified? We're just like 
the trailer park of the galaxy universe. universe. And we're just inbred oh. and we're breeding together and they fly by and they're just like, oh my God, don't look, don't look. And then the little alien kid looks and goes, oh my God. Then the mom's like, I told you not to look. Bleep, bleep. Or maybe they're like, oh, I want to see the stripey one. A stripey human? <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking of a zoo like a. Okay. Well, here's the Anyways. story. <laughs> Science fiction has populated our galaxy with oh, countless like extraterrestrial zoos. civilizations and interplanetary conflicts. In the real world, however, we have yet to encounter even the most basic form of alien life, much less a technologically advanced one, or at least that's what they say. And why is this? One possibility is that habitable planets are rare and that intelligent life itself is an anomaly. In other words, we might truly be alone. I don't believe that. It's also conceivable that other technologically advanced civilizations are simply too far away for either party to know of the other. But what if alien life is widespread through the galactic neighborhood and we've intentionally been excluded from the block party? Dang. We hold the zoo hypothesis. All right. Well, I'm sure you can get it. Let's, see, the, let's just read this last part. The essential idea has been the subject of scientific and science fictional cosmology for decades, but MIT radio astronomer John Ball is often credited with laying out the hypothesis in 1973. In essence, the zoo hypothesis serves as a possible solution to the Fermi paradox. Okay, that's, well, what's the Fermi paradox? That's one I don't know. And we had to give a shout out to John Ball. Okay, here we go. Named for physicist Enrico Fermi, the Fermi paradox refers to the contradiction between high likelihood of system-spanning intelligent life and the lack of evidence for such intelligent life. The aliens might be there, the hypothesis suggests, and they might be intentionally hiding from us. Okay, so... What do you think, Bryn Zoo? Are they watching us? Are they scared of us? Are we a reality show for the universe? They might just be waiting patiently. They're waiting patiently. To evolve and to be able to get along with each other in order to be let out yeah. of the zoo into the greater yeah. cosmos. You know, I mean, we might need to just behave a little more and well, at least know, take like care of each other before we go. Yeah, at least they're nice enough to not put us in cages. Isn't that nice of them? That is much nicer. I'm, I'm not Otherwise, really a fan of zoos. Other things could happen like this from uh -oh. MSN.com headline. They took three of my eggs. I'm guessing that means ovaries and not from the refrigerator. TikToker says she was abducted by aliens and has ovarian scarring to prove it. Sparking debates. In a TikTok with more than 3 million views, user Shira Rejoice says she was taken by extraterrestrial beings and they took three of her eggs. Rejoice also says that ovarian scarring proves her story. The video posted November 12th took TikTok by storm and was viewed 3.5 million times and has over 5,000 comments, many of which are skeptical of her experience. Rejoice then posted four videos explaining the abduction and how she came to the conclusion that three of her eggs had been taken. 
She says in 2018, she was falling asleep on her couch while lying on her back and felt paralysis. Then she says her door opened to reveal a holographic looking figure. She says aliens took her and she began to levitate and felt tingly, though she didn't feel when the aliens took her eggs. I was in this state of pure bliss while they were doing it, she says in a follow-up video. I didn't want to wake up from it, but I ended up waking up from it. After the experience, she says she got sober and changed her name. Wait a minute. <laughs> a shaman a that she was here. working with told her that she had three hybrid babies, which she determined meant that aliens had taken three of her eggs. Rejoice makes it clear in her videos that she doesn't expect everyone to believe her story. I live my life in a very spiritual way, and it's very much unscientific for some folks to understand, she says. You can believe me. You don't have to. Just know that not everyone lives in a scientific reality. Shh. You can't say that. That's how you get, uh, well, we just won't say. But yes, that sounds, you know, laugh at that story or think it's insane, but it does correlate with other alien abduction stories, including the story of Elena Danan all the way back in episode 55 now. So definitely check out that episode. I don't know. Hybrids. From what I understand, they get better gas mileage. (laughs) Okay, so let's pivot i guess into psychedelics in the world a lot of aliens psychedelics it was space it was aliens and now from the new york post.com headline should psychedelics be legal users claim they are life-saving but traumatizing so here we go so here's the story mike tyson loves smoking the toad the ancient practice in which users smoked the venom of the Sonoran Desert Toad to reduce a short psychoactive trip was discovered by the former world champion boxer four years ago, and he said it changed his life. Wow, Mike Tyson, the boxer who I grew up with in the early 90s. I, quote unquote, died during my first trip. 55-year-old Tyson told The Post last month at Wonderland a Miami conference dedicated to psychedelics, microdosing, and medicine. In my trips, I've seen that death is beautiful. Life and death both have to be beautiful, but death has a bad rep. The toad has taught me that I'm not going to be here forever. There's an expiration date. He also said the drug helped him lose 100 pounds in three months, start boxing again, and reconnect with his wife and children. Sounds positive. Yeah, this is from a guy who pummeled people for a living. (laughs) I'm fighting for psychedelics to become medicine you can buy over the counter, he said. I'm not finished. I want to do more. I want to be the best I can be in this field. Wow, Mike Tyson. Can you believe it? Well, he's on a crusade now to help people. And there's so many other people that have incredible stories. What's the traumatizing part? And here's the end of the story. While psychedelics are... Generally safe from a pharmacological and medical standpoint, LSD and psilocybin accounted for just 0.005% of U.S. emergency room visits, according to federal statistics published in 2013. The short-term effects can differ from person to person. 
Some might experience nausea or tremors. Others increased heart rate or perspiration. Crucially, though, they have not been found to cause withdrawal symptoms or be physically addictive. A very small number of people may develop ongoing psychiatric issues after exposure to psychedelics. These are thought to be related to already existing predispositions such as a personal or family history of psychotic illness. Aha. So that's where it could be traumatizing. If you already have psychological issues, of course, we always say you almost shouldn't do psychedelics in a way it can help you, but you have to do it in a completely different way. Right. That's where that becomes, it's so volatile. That's where it becomes probably more important to have the whole set and setting and make sure you have someone to talk to about what's going on. Well, we talked in previous Beyond the News episodes about the massive amount of investment capital that's going into the psychedelic industry. There's psychedelic stocks. There's massive $100 million psychedelic companies. And this is just a little more about that. This is from msn.com. Here's the headline. Psychedelics stock mycotopia on the move following letter of intent LOI to merge with EI.ventures in $360 million transaction. Medical psychedelics company Mycotopia Therapies reported Wednesday that it has signed a letter of intent to acquire botanical psilocybin pioneer EI.Ventures in a transaction valued at $360 million. When a definitive agreement is reached, the combined companies plan to work on developing plant-derived psychoactive therapeutic treatment options and non-psychoactive nutritional supplements and related products that address global mental health care needs. The parties expect any transaction would close in the first quarter of 2022. Holy smokes. So yeah, psychedelics in the business world, they don't know what they're unlocking. They just see it. They really don't. (laughs) potential revenue source but yeah it's pretty amazing what's coming and that was just a little indicator of a dip into that world that you just don't hear about you know if you were that guy if you're working at mycotopia therapies you're thinking about it every single day but for the person that's not it's like what is this abstract information holy shit this is happening that's kind of how i feel here's an interesting forbes.com article Headline, study shows people who use psychedelics were under less stress during COVID-19 lockdowns. Yeah, because they weren't even in this dimension. Studies from around the world show that while effective in limiting the spread of the coronavirus, COVID-19 lockdowns had a dramatic impact on our psychological stress, duh, resulting in increases in anxiety and depression around the world. Data from the U.S. Census Bureau showed that in December 2020, 42% of people reported symptoms of anxiety or depression, nearly quadruple the 11% reported during the same month in 2019. Based on what is known of psychedelics and their potential as treatment for depression, anxiety, and PTSD, the authors of a recently published study We're curious to learn how previous psychedelic use affected mental health during the first phase of strict lockdowns. 
to gather data, researchers from institutions and organizations in the Netherlands, Spain, and Brazil collected survey responses from a total of 2,974 people. Responses were submitted online. Most participants were from Spain, Brazil, and the U.S. and represented three different cohorts. 606 were occasional users, 497 were regular users, and 1,968 had never used psychedelics. And each responded, completed a series of questionnaires, which determined that it was a protective factor from psychological stress. But it's not certain whether people with certain personality traits are just more prone to the use of psychedelics. Well, it just made their situation more tolerable. They probably gave them an, a little bit of a bigger perspective or outside perspective. CBC.ca Canada headline, will psychedelics become mainstream? This Calgary company is betting on it. Here we go. Danny Matika discovered his love for chemistry when he was high on LSD back in the <laughs> mid-2000s. The single tab of blotter acid emblazoned with images of tongues from the rock band Kiss set him on a path to push psychedelics out of the shadows. Now 31, Matika is the CEO of Cygen a Calgary business hoping to manufacture synthetic psychedelics for the pharmaceutical industry. Ugh. While the application of hallucinogens in medicine is in its infancy and remains highly speculative, Matika and his company of believers are encouraged by renewed interest in the field and everything else is going on, right? That we're talking about. Right. They're watching the stocks. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, this is going somewhere. Uh, let's see. He expects to have production ready by early 2022. And that's when we'll learn more about that. I mean, it'll be out there. It's just one more company. Yes. Psychedelics already are mainstream Canada. We already knew that this one's from SciPost.org. headline study suggests psychedelics promote positive mental health through increased spirituality and emotion regulation. Wow. A new study published in the Journal of Humanistic Psychology sheds light on the mechanism connecting psychedelic use to improved mental health. The study found evidence of a pathway whereby the use of psychedelics increases spirituality and in turn leads to a better emotional regulation state this improved emotion regulation then appears to reduce symptoms of depression anxiety and disordered eating psychedelic drugs like psilocybin and ayahuasca have been used in spiritual ceremonies for thousands of years in non-western cultures more recently psychedelics have captured the attention of westerners and Scientific interest in the medicinal effects of these drugs has resurfaced. While studies have begun to uncover therapeutic effects, the mechanism behind these effects remains largely a mystery. Study authors Adele LaFrance and her colleagues say that increased spirituality and improvements in emotion regulation have been revealed as key side effects of psychedelic use. <laughs> Study authors Adele LaFrance and her colleagues say that increased spirituality and improvements in emotion regulation 
have been revealed as key side effects of psychedelic use. The researchers proposed that the use of psychedelics may be connected to positive mental health through increased spiritual connection, which then facilitates emotion regulation. The France and her team distributed a questionnaire among 159 psychedelic users between the ages of 18 and 69. The participants reported their lifetime psychedelic use and rated their spirituality <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> you know, I've heard of worse side effects from other things, right? Yes. Not bad. And it just showed those tested show those reports did show that yes that is the case it makes you happier to have experiences that make you have internal diagnostic situations where you're just determining how you can do better and this is from the fresh toast.com headline dea supports white house plan to streamline research of psychedelics and cannabis Here's the story. While testifying at a recent House subcommittee hearing, the DEA and National Institute on Drug Abuse, NIDA, signaled their willingness to align with a White House proposal that seeks to streamline the process of researching Schedule One drugs. The federal government's treatment of Schedule One drugs, which includes LSD, MDMA, cannabis, and peyote, is defined by the DEA as having no accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse has prevented many beneficial drugs from being readily obtained and studied by researchers. The proposal looks to align research limitations of Schedule 1 drugs with those of less restricted Schedule 2 drugs, which include effective and widely prescribed drugs like hydrocodone, Adderall, and Ritalin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> those can be widely used, but those ones you're... Said above, Schedule 1, uh, no. Researchers and policymakers alike have pointed out that existing protocols for studying Schedule 1 substances have for decades restricted essential research of therapies that could save lives. And now to NBCSanDiego.com. Headline, Magic Mushrooms, Ecstasy, and other psychedelics could become legal in California. Well, maybe they should just do the research there. Here's the story. Coronado resident Marcus Capone has trouble talking about 13 years of deadly combat tours he experienced as a U.S. Navy SEAL. It left scars, both physical and mental, and resulted in his medical retirement. Seemed like every time I got back from a deployment, it would get worse. I was just numb and cold and hard, Capone said. I think that what affected me more was individuals that I served with or I was really close with that we lost in the war. Those were tough and are still tough. Capone thought he was ready to return to a normal life with his wife and two children, but he says he struggled to adapt battling depression, anxiety, feelings of isolation, headaches, and insomnia. He was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. At times, he said he was suicidal. Capone's wife, Amber, suggested he try psychedelic treatment outside the United States where it's legal. At first, he was not on board. The first reaction was, this is nuts, this is crazy, he said. But after reading up on it, he traveled to 
Mexico to try ibogaine. The drug is made from the root bark of a West African shrub and taking it causes intense hallucinations. Yes, Casey Mitchell from the Portland Psychedelic Society in a way earlier episode was a part of those ibogaine clinics, I remember. And here's what he says. You can't hide from the medicine. It's going to reach down and it's going to pull out everything that it's affecting you. Some of that is really uncomfortable when you are talking to your dead dad or talking to your dead buddy, Capone recalls. Yeah, that could be uncomfortable. But almost immediately, he says he felt a huge weight had been lifted after years of frustration and hopelessness. He said he got his life back. You felt like your brain was rebooted like a new operating system, he said. And Capone's experience with the drug has led him to support Senate Bill 519, which would give veterans access to psychedelic therapies. And it also decriminalizes several drugs like LSD, ecstasy, mescaline, and psilocybin and more. Anyone 21 years of age or older would be able to keep a certain amount of each as well as grow them or give them away to another adult. Oh my God. Give them away. The bill would allow for their legal use and further research. Oh my God. You could grow up. What if this passes? People can make their own mescaline, their own mushroom. Big state. They, Oh my God. This is actually huge. What Senate Bill 519 will do is allow access to medicines that people need, Capone said. He believes there is no better evidence on the benefits of the treatment than his own life story. I feel like I am back, and I love that, he said with a big smile. Wow, they're just about to do this. Wow, that's really Senate Bill 519. You grow your own mushrooms. Grow your own mescaline. Make your own ecstasy. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> That's going to be crazy. Times are changing. Oh, really interesting. Well, you know what it's going to do for people? It's going to make people change, how, change they. how they think. Bigthink.com <laughs> headline <laughs> Metaphysics and Mushrooms. Psychedelics can change how you think about the universe. I would think so. Here we go. After decades of being shunned, Psychedelics are enjoying a biomedical renaissance because many of them show great promise in treating a variety of mental health conditions. Yes, we know about that. So we had to get to mental health breakdown as a society before we could accept we the, could medicine accept the medicine, the medicinal aspects. It's an of these interesting, uh, yeah. Wow. Here's something interesting, just to kind of shift gears for a minute. ScienceAlert.com headline. Bizarre creatures are world's first self-replicating living robots, scientists say. Scientists have engineered what they say are the first self-replicating robots ever made from living cells. At first, these freaky-looking xenobots might seem notable for their superficial resemblance to Pac-Man, but their likeness to the video game character is probably the least strange thing about them. These unusual robotic creatures are a spin-off of what the same researchers unveiled last year when they presented the world's first robots constructed entirely out of living cells. In this case, stem cells taken from embryonic frogs. These are novel living machines, computer scientists and roboticist Joshua Bongard from the University of Vermont explained at the time. They're neither a traditional robot nor a known species of animal. It's a new class of artifact. 
a living programmable organism. Now Bongard and his collaborators have taken the next step, giving the xenobots the ability to self-replicate and spawn new versions of themselves. Is that legal? <laughs> In this case, the self-replication isn't achieved by the kind of reproduction techniques we ordinarily see in biological life forms. Instead, the researchers found that if they put enough of the xenobots in close proximity with one another in a Petri dish, their collective movement began to pile up other loose frog cells floating alongside in the solution. Once enough of those cells were stacked together, the aggregated heap of about 50 cells became a kind of offspring to the xenobot organism capable of swimming by itself and in doing so, piling up its own offspring. This is so weird. It's like a smaller micro dimension. Whoa. This phenomenon called spontaneous kinematic self-replication has been seen before in other kinds of molecular machines and models, but never before in living multicellular systems like the xenobots. Wow, man. This is just, you know, the beginning of so many things. We're just... It's like Lord of the Rings, right? Because <laughs> I'm imagining the comic where the uh, robot frogs come to Earth and get out of the lab and do wacky things. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> it's like Lord of the Rings. In Lord of the Rings, one of the big cruxes of the whole story is that it's like the end of this sweeping, super long age and the beginning of this other age, the age of men in, in the Lord of the Rings story. But the age that took place before that was thousands and thousands, and thousands, and thousands, and thousands of years. And the whole subplot of the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy is the fact that this age is ending and a new age is beginning in this new world. And just that's where we're at right now. It's kind of happening. Well, here's something interesting. Usnews.com Japanese billionaire Meizawa blasts off into space is the headline. Here's the story. Japanese billionaire Yusaku Mazawa set out to become the first space tourist in more than a decade to travel to the International Space Station when he blasted off on Wednesday, a voyage he sees as a dry run for his planned trip around the moon with Elon Musk's SpaceX in 2023. See? So this guy's already going to be going around the moon in 2023. He's going to see all the structures, the pyramids, the towers. <laughs> so you're like, look, what's the that boulder? Cubes. That's why they have to get that out. Okay, it's making sense now. The 46-year-old fashion magnet and art collector successfully launched from the Baikonur Cosmodrome in Kazakhstan along with his assistant, Yozo Herano, who will document the journey as well as Russian cosmonaut Alexander Mazurkin. Mazawa, a space enthusiast who has been training for the journey for months, has become a household name in Japan thanks to his penchant for private jets, celebrity girlfriends, and cash giveaways to Twitter followers in a country known for its conformist corporate culture. Mazawa plans to upload footage of his flight to his YouTube channel, which has 795,000 followers, he has called on his supporters to give him 100 ideas of things to do in space and says he plans to play badminton aboard the ISS. The cost of Meizawa's trip was not disclosed, but some reports have put the price tag for the tourist space flights 
as high as 50 million. Wow. And in 2023, he's going back to the moon. He's going around. That's just, wow. Start making some money, people, and you can do that. <laughs> Here's a headline from Ars Technica, ARS. Headline. So metal. Newly discovered exoplanet is likely over 80% iron. That's heavy. That's heavy. Here's the story. For centuries, scientists only had a limited number of examples to look at when it came to understanding the formation of planets. As we've discovered ever-increasing numbers of worlds, however, we found many that look like nothing that we have in our own solar system. Hot gas giants, super-Earths, mini Neptunes, and more. So it can be a relief to find something that looks like a familiar planet since it indicates the processes that formed the solar system may not be unusual. A new discovery definitely falls into that category as researchers have announced finding what appears to be an extremely iron-rich planet that, at least composition-wise, is very similar to Mercury. The difference is that it's nearly on top of its star and is probably hot enough that any iron on the surface could potentially be molten. Wow. It's called GJ367B. Very uh, calculated and creative name. <laughs> it's close enough to be tidally locked with its host star, meaning it rotates once per orbit, keeping a single sign facing the star the entire time. Oh, interesting. And it is very close to the star. This leads to an estimated surface temperature of 1,745 Kelvin. Very close to the melting point of iron. Of course, the outer crust is likely to be rocky or would be rocky if it weren't for the fact that so many silicon-rich rocks melt at similar temperatures as well. Interesting. So it's like hell. It's very <laughs> strange. Okay, and here's some Elon Musk news from finance.yahoo.com. Here's the headline. Elon Musk says Mars colony sets humanity up to become interstellar. Yes, we're going to be out there. Here's the story. Elon Musk has said that his plan to establish a permanent colony on Mars will eventually allow humanity to become not just multiplanetary, but also interstellar. The SpaceX boss is currently developing Starship rockets to transport people and cargo around the solar system with the eventual goal of establishing a self-sustaining colony on the red planet. He has consistently stated that this is the ultimate goal of SpaceX as he believes it is fundamentally necessary to ensure humanity's long-term survival as a species. I always have trouble with that word. The timeline for achieving this has been pushed back several times, though the earliest interplanet starship cargo missions could take place in 2024 or 2026 when the orbits of Earth and Mars line up. Ooh, interesting. I didn't know about that. It is hoped that a completely self-sufficient Mars colony could be set up around 2050, though Musk is yet to speak publicly about what comes after. In response to a question from one of his Twitter followers about the great filter 
a philosophical concept relating to the probability of a species reaching an advanced enough stage of development to explore outer space before going extinct. Musk explained what his hopes were for humanity once Mars has been colonized. If we are able to make life self-sustaining on Mars, we will have passed one of the greatest filters. That then sets us up to become interstellar, he replied. Earth is 4.5 billion years old, but life is still not multiplanetary and it is extremely uncertain how much time is left to become so. Ah, well, good point. Interesting. So we already Just know see. Elon's setting up Mars colony. He's pro- he has probably already been there. Probably so. Maybe he already has a house there. On Mars? Yeah. A Tesla? Does he have a Tesla Maybe. on Mars? Maybe that's his moon house, actually. Oh. All right. Well, look, we're going to pivot again. We like to pivot. We can't just focus on one thing for too many stories. I think it's boring. Hope you're enjoying this episode. We're just going through these stories I know you haven't heard. Tell me if you've heard them. I know you haven't. This one's from brobible.com. Here's the headline. Researcher discovers and photographs what he believes are possible Bigfoot graves. Oh, my God. Really? (laughs) I don't really talk about Bigfoot much here. I, you know, I'll tell you why after these run of stories. Here's this story. Thomas Markham, the founder of a cryptozoology and paranormal research organization and the author of Understanding Bigfoot, Helpful Information and Answers to Common Questions, recently came across what he believes are unmarked Bigfoot graves. In a recent post on the organization's website, Markham delves into why he believes these mounds may be Bigfoot graves, why no one else has discovered these remains before, and why, despite making this potentially historic find, he refuses to do any excavation. Markham, who previously made news when he claimed to have spotted a pair of Bigfoot entering a coal mine in the mountains of northwest Kentucky, believes that one of the reasons why we may not find Bigfoot bones often is that they bury their dead. There have been times while out hiking, exploring, or conducting Bigfoot research that I have found or came across what appears to be a grave of some sort, Markham writes. Many years ago, we came across one while logging way back in the head of a hollow. We didn't take pictures and, of course, didn't disturb it. This was many years ago. But over the last eight to 10 years, I have found similar humps of dirt in places that are in the middle of nowhere. The two are actually 30 to 40 feet apart, he says, while discussing one of the photos. This is in an area where I have had several Bigfoot encounters and found many tracks. Now, of course, I have no idea if these are really graves or just odd humps of dirt on the ground. It could be nothing more than a natural formation or something a person did a long time ago. I have not and would not dig into them, but I am confident that Bigfoot does bury its dead. Wow. Well, here's a little bit more Bigfoot info from 6abc.com, 6 Action News in Philadelphia, (laughs) Pennsylvania. (laughs) 
Headline, Mayor Recalls Possible Bigfoot Experience While Camping. This thing let out the scream from hell. Here's the story. This is in Regalsville, Pennsylvania. It's a legend many claim to have witnessed and others have only read about. But one Bucks County, Pennsylvania mayor says he believes Bigfoot is real based on what he heard. Regalsville Mayor Greg Stokes says he was out camping in Pike County back in July of 1984. At one point during the trip, he recalls hearing something large and menacing on two feet rustling outside of his tent. Then he says he heard a scream that was horrifying and still haunting. Here's his quote. This thing let out the scream from hell. It sat bolt upright in my tent. This thing vibrated my body so hard I couldn't see the inside of the tent. And it had this huge, huge residence. And it was close enough to me that I could hear its lips pop apart when it actually started the scream. It was a very low, guttural tone, recalls Stokes. Did you like that impersonation? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, interesting. <laughs> Mayor, to say the least. Mayor Stokes says he's 99% sure it was Bigfoot, but leaves the 1% of doubt only because he didn't actually see it. He has spent the last 37 years reading and researching Sasquatch and meeting other people with similar experiences. The Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project has about 20,000 members, and the Bucks County chapter is just getting started. There's about 400 to 600 sightings that are reported a year. There's probably triple that number that actually happened, but people don't report them because they're afraid of ridicule. I've had people laugh at me and I don't care. He says, good. Fight for what you believe in. Yes. Mayor Greg Stokes. I bet he's stoked. (laughs) Well, the thing is, the reason I just don't ever talk about Bigfoot is I just don't know. And it's one of those things that's just so abstract. And it's just like, I love cryptozoology. And I guess that falls into it. It's just somehow the name. The name just throws people off. And you think about back to that original 1967 video and it has the picture of Bigfoot and it's all furry and it looks like a guy in a suit. Well, they've taken that footage and they've upgraded it with 4K technology, AI, AI upsampling into 4K from super grainy footage. So this is from express.co.uk. Headline... Bigfoot mystery deepens as famous 1967 video of Sasquatch scanned with revolutionary tech. The mystery of Bigfoot has deepened after a team of researchers featured on the History Channel's The Proof is Out There series decided to scan one of the most famous snaps of the mythical creature. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, these are some of the names given to a supposed species of giant ape-like creatures that are said to roam the wilderness. According to popular folklore and myth, the Bigfoot inhabits the forests of North America and has been seen in parts of the U.S. and Canada since at least the 1800s. Bigfoot is frequently described as being muscular, covered in fur, and standing between 6 and 9 feet tall. 
Some witness accounts claim the creature has a flat human-like face, while others have described a more beastly monster with no visible neck and pungent odor that follows it around. Wow. So they took this footage, this photo, and they've upgraded it. And if you go and you look at it, it's still hard to tell. <laughs> so check it out. You know, Bigfoot. They've upgraded the footage. People are still seeing it. And there's other strange creatures like this one at ibtimes.com. International Business Times. Headline, bizarre creature that looks like a cheeseburger with teeth found by fishermen. (laughs) Story, a Russian fisherman has discovered an unusual sea creature that resembled a cheeseburger with teeth. Roman Fedorostov, a 39-year-old fisherman from Murmansk, was working on a commercial fishing boat when he came across the bizarre-looking creature. He quickly took a photo of the creature and shared it on Instagram. The exact date of this discovery was not known. And the picture wasn't his lunch that he took a picture of is one of the most strangest looking fish I've ever seen. It actually looks orange with lip type features like a clam, a mucousy clam shell with lips and orange, strange teeth. The unusual creature remains unidentified as Federostov is also unsure what species does it belong to this is not the first time the 39 year old fisherman who usually catches cod haddock and mackerel on commercial expeditions has made an unusual discovery from one-eyed fish to bearded sea devils he has seen it all (laughs) bearded sea devils well speaking of the devil this one's from az central speak of the devil and the devil appears Headline, the Satanic Temple to hold first conference, SatanCon 2022 in Scottsdale, not to be confused with SantaCon, which <laughs> is okay. happens to be taking place at the same time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the story. Satanists from across the country will converge on Old Town Scottsdale next year for the Satanic Temple's first convention. Why Scottsdale, I wonder? It's got great weather. I was going to say, I guess it'll be sunny. Yeah. The move comes a year after the temple lost a federal lawsuit against Scottsdale alleging religious discrimination because a member of the Arizona chapter was not allowed to give an invocation at a city council meeting in 2016. Okay. So they're going to stay in Scottsdale. The temple appealed the ruling, but the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit upheld the lower court's decision this spring. The city claimed at the time that the group was turned away because it had no significant ties to Scottsdale. But the temple announced Tuesday on its own Instagram page that SatanCon 2022 will take place from February 11th through the 13th at the Segura Hotel in Old Town. Saguaro. The Post said the event will be dedicated to former Scottsdale Mayor Jim Lane and council member Suzanne Clapp, who both left office in January. The temple claimed Lane and Clapp took pride in depriving the Satanic Temple of their civil liberties by refusing to allow 
one TST member the opportunity to utter a brief, solemn message. SatanCon will offer lectures and panels presented by the Temple's Congregation, as well as entertainment options and a satanic marketplace. The keynote speaker will be Lucian Greaves, the founder of the Satanic Temple. So, you know, if you happen to be there around... Uh, it's right around Valentine's. Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> go say hi. Or not. Hey, I don't know. Well, speaking of Instagram, this is from LATimes.com. Headline, psychics and astrologers are huge on Instagram. Now, scammers are impersonating them. This actually happened to a friend of mine just recently on Instagram. She DM'd me some really interesting stuff, and it turned out to be a scam. It wasn't her. Here's the story. Late one night, Stella Primo received a cryptic DM on Instagram that appeared to be from Aja Dashur, a medium and spiritual advisor based in Los Angeles. Grand Rising, the direct message began. I'm drawn to you, my beloved, for your reading and guidance. You are blessed. Primo, who teaches yoga in Sacramento, was surprised to hear from Dashur directly She'd been following her for only about a week, but she wrote back that she was planning to reach out to the medium soon. She had a big project coming up and she could use some divine guidance. Then she put her phone away and went to bed. But the more Primo thought about it, the weirder the DM seemed. Next morning, she took a screenshot and sent it to Deshore and Deshore wrote back, it's a scam. Please report and block Psychics, tarot readers, astrologers, and other metaphysical practitioners say that in the last few months they've experienced a deluge of scammers who clone their accounts and use their likenesses to solicit payments from their followers for fake readings. Although, Dang. I know, isn't that brutal? That's, yeah, that's, that's bad. It's just such a weird predatory thought. Like, who was the first predatory. guy that thought about that? Yeah, I'm going to give you a fake reading and take your money. That's some karma. Or right just there. pretend to be the reader and then coax the money out and then never do the reading. It's been happening to me at least once a week since September, said Kira Taborn, an astrology educator in LA and co-founder of the Cusp Astrology app. They'll copy my profile, then follow a bunch of my followers and reach out to them and say, my ancestors drew me to you. Can I give you a reading? Oh Weird. my God. That's yeah. If the person says yes, the scammer will direct them to a PayPal Venmo or cash app account. Once the person has paid the money, the scammer usually blocks them on Instagram. Well, look out for that people. I know yeah, that that's stuff that we're out. into and you know, maybe you take advantage of some of those services with legitimate people. Just keep an eye out. I for would that say one. service before payments or it's not always check that your references way. or I don't know. Just really Definitely be sure. Double check. Double, triple check. And triple check. Speaking of astrology, I love these, uh, the way these uh, articles flow into each other. Sometimes it's by chance. Uh, sometimes it's by design. This one is from phys.org, like physics, phys.org. Headline, planet decision that booted out Pluto is rooted in folklore, astrology study suggests. And here's the story. As the new space race continues, a team of top researchers says one thing needs to be cleared up. What exactly is a planet? In a study appearing recently in the journal Icarus, the researchers hope to set the record straight with a look at how a planet's definition has changed since the time of Galileo to the controversial decision 
that made Pluto no longer a planet. The current definition of a planet, researchers say, is rooted in folklore, including astrology, and the organization should rescind it that handles it, which is the IAU, the International Astronomical Union. Well, there's 500 planetary objects in our solar system. Think about that, people. We've all been taught since we were children, at least if you're in America, there's nine planets in our solar system. Well, what if I told you there was 500 planets in our solar system and I was telling the truth? What if? It's real. There's 500 planetary objects. Some of those planetary objects are bigger than Pluto and they have moons. So what the heck, man? Woman, alien, (laughs) light being. Because the thing is, it's like our whole view of our solar system is completely flawed. Completely flawed. Right. And from an astrology perspective, I know that's at least my teachers that study astrology have talked about, does it really matter if Pluto is a planet or not a planet? It's still there. It still has its energetics and functions and and all of that in the solar system. It doesn't really matter what people decide to call it. It's really interesting. Just 500, though. There's just so much. Look it up, people, if you don't believe me. Well, let's talk about quantum computers for a second and how that is just exploding. It's a new type of encoding. I, it's so hard to describe. It's a new form of computers and interface. How would you explain this? Quantum computers in a way or a new paradigm when it comes to computers. Everything we knew about computers and how information is stored is going to change the computer technology. Everything is going to shift in this new type of computing, but let's check this out. Sciencenews.org headline physicists have coaxed ultra cold atoms into an elusive form of quantum matter. What the hell does that mean? Let's find out. Uh, Here's the story. An elusive form of matter called a quantum spin liquid isn't a liquid and it doesn't spin, but it sure is quantum. Predicted nearly 50 years ago, quantum spin liquids have long evaded definitive detection in the laboratory. But now a lattice of ultra cold atoms held in place with lasers have shown hallmarks of the long sought form of matter researchers report in the December 3rd issue of science. How did they figure this out? Oh man, this is (laughs) where the human mind, if you let it run wild, it just, it goes as deep as it can possibly go. Quantum entanglement goes into overdrive in the newly fashioned material. Even atoms on opposite sides of the lattice share entanglement or quantum links meaning that the properties of distant atoms are correlated with one another. It's a very, very entangled, says (laughs) physicist Gualia Samgini of Harvard University, a co-author of the new study. If you pick any two points of your system, they are connected to each other through this huge entanglement. This strong, long-range entanglement could prove useful for binding quantum computers the researchers say 
building. The new material matches predictions for a quantum spin liquid, although its makeup strains a bit from conventional expectations. While the traditional idea of a quantum spin liquid relies on the quantum property of spin, which gives atoms magnetic fields, the new material is based on different atomic quirks. Okay, well, you can go deep on this one. And here, let's just wrap this up. Whether the material truly qualifies as a quantum spin liquid, despite not being based on spin, Depends on your choice of language, says theoretical physicist Christopher Lauman of Boston University, who is not involved with the study. Then why is he in this article? <laughs> Some physicists use the term spin to describe other systems with two possible options because it has the same mathematics as atomic spins that can point either up or down. Words have meanings until they don't, he quips, and it all depends on how you spin them. Oh, even these uh, physicists have jokes. Man, yeah, the human brain, though. Come on. We're using lasers to create quantum matter. This is just insane. And, and they're, they're, the whole thing is interconnected. Bloomberg.com headline. Honeywell unit offers first ever quantum created encryption key. Here we go. So that now you can encrypt things, uh, your data, and keep it encrypted in the quantum computing realm. So they're already creating technologies, hardware, software to interact with this new form of computing. How is this going to work with cryptocurrencies? It's going to be very interesting. Here's the story. Quantinuum, the quantum computing company recently spun off from Honeywell International Incorporated, is offering the world's first commercial product created solely by a quantum computer, opening the door to what the company sees as a $1 trillion potential long-term market for quantum services. The quantum computing generated offering is for encryption keys that Quantinuum says are uniquely random and can't be predicted. A milestone in using cutting-edge computing for a practical business problem, Tony Utley, the company's president, said in an interview, traditional computers already generate encrypted keys, but Quantinuum says it takes security a step further with vastly improved randomly generated keys that are essentially impervious to hacking by conventional computers. He said the offering is, as far as we're aware, the first product actually derived from the use of a quantum computer that does something that is meaningfully relevant to business around the world. Utley is the scientist who led Honeywell's decade-long effort to build a quantum computer. Wow. So this is the first quantum computer product, like anything right. related to a quantum computer. This is insane. This is amazing. Quantinuum only needs three high-fidelity quantum bits or quibits to create a pool of random numbers and symbols from which the keys are made. The quantum-derived keys can be used in standard cryptography systems, said Utley, whose company is announcing the product on the opening day of an annual industry-wide Q2B conference. Honeywell which owns 54% of Quantinuum, has said the business will generate 
sales of about $2 billion by 2027. Wow, I guess that's kind of like a stock tip. Like if you were looking for a stock to buy or some technology that that's coming up, companies, I mean, right? Quantinuum. It looks like they're going to create, the, I bet their stock, let, let's look back at this. Okay, today's December 9th. Let's go back next year and and look at where Quantinuum stock went after they made that announcement. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing to, to see where that went. Well, we just have a few more stories left. And thank you for listening to this because it's just so fun to hear this stuff and to realize some of the things that these stories touch on and what they indicate. Because you're definitely not seeing any of this in mainstream news. Like I said, a lot of this is coming from mainstream news. I try to find the most mainstream news with this strange information. So it's not like. Right. But it would be so interesting. Homemade if- news, as they say, fake news. I don't know. Homemade news. It would be so interesting if everybody's six o'clock news was like, blah, 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 this about space, this about robots, this about quantum science, this about psychedelics, this about aliens, instead of just like car crash, murder, death, car crash, murder, death, storm, you know, sorry. I mean, that's what it usually sounds like, right? That's like, I went to the hell planet. That that would be like your average six o'clock news, right? So yeah, this is way better. It's really interesting. Like where would all of our brains be if we were thinking about all this like oh well let's talk about quantum mechanics at the dinner table rather than like you know yeah i mean i totally agree we would be in a better place so there's just a few more stories left and we always kind of try to do a funny one and then a happy one at the end so there's one more like weird one then the funny then the happy one (laughs) thanks for setting people up for that (laughs) this is from finance.yahoo.com headline cyber selves tech Let's humans teleport into robots on the other side of the world. Uh, Whoa. I don't know if I'm ready for Cyber Selves. It's a company. Okay, here we go. Story. Technology that lets humans teleport into robots thousands of miles away could soon help with nuclear decommissioning and disaster recovery. Created by robotics company Cyber Selves, the tech allows human operators to see, hear, and feel through a robot, allowing them to complete tasks as if they were really there. The technology could provide remote support in hazardous environments for telemedicine and space exploration. The invention has won a spot in the finals of the ANA Avatar X Prize Global Robotics Competition. That's another level of competition. Yeah, right? I guess so. <laughs> Cyber Selves telepresence technology lets users teleport into a robot from long distances. This could make it easier for humans to safely carry out hazardous tasks. Yeah, that sounds good. Including nuclear decommissioning, bomb disposal, and offshore wind production. It seems like it's, yes, yeah, right? That sounds a little different than the headline. Of course, they wanted you to like think teleport, uh, that you were exactly? downloading your consciousness into a robot body. No, we're not there yet. It, probably, there's probably a couple of Google people that have that, right? <laughs> Elon Musk. Oh, what about Zuckerberg? You know, that guy's a robot. So here's our final two, the funny one. This one's from Newsweek.com. Headline, Preacher claims alien trying to have sex with her. In wild TV interview, 
Here's the story. Newsweek. Holy cow. Religious author Sharon Gilbert has claimed an alien visited her in the form of her husband and asked to have sex with her. She described the encounter in detail while speaking on the Jim Baker show, a self-described Christian prophetic Bible show. That was a trip them out. A clip from the show of Gilbert's story was posted on Twitter by writer and friendly atheist contributor Hemant Meta. He posted the video with the caption, End Times Preacher Sharon Gilbert says that an alien imitated her husband and then it tried to have sex with her. Then it claimed to be Xerxes and then Jesus got involved. Then the alien turned out to be a reptile with a posse of gargoyles. Dang. She's not the first person that's kind of had this story, to be honest. The video has been viewed over 2.6 million times, with many noting their disbelief. Speaking on the show, Gilbert said, After Derek and I got married, this other Derek appears in our bed. (laughs) The real Derek is, I'm, I'm assuming Derek's her husband, right? Oh yeah, Derek and I got married. The real Derek is lying down next to me. Other Derek sits upright out of him. It startled me. I knew that was not Derek, and so I asked this critter, who are you? Because he clearly wanted to have sexual relations. He said, I'm your husband. Who are you? He had the nerve to claim to be Xerxes. Other Derek seriously wanted to invite me to use my free will to do something that was going to pull me away from God. Gilbert went into further detail about the role Jesus played in her defeating the alien. She also noted that this other Derek was joined by other smaller creatures. This last time I knew he was really desperate and I asked him again, who are you? He told me the same answer and I said, I am not going with you. I reached up, I grabbed his face and I said, you are a liar and Jesus is real. I pulled that face off and beneath it was a reptile. He had little creatures with him this time. He brought these little halfling creatures and they looked like gargoyles and they were very reptilian as well. Beneath the face of Derek was a reptile serpentine creature. Wow. Wow. I'm thinking about her husband when he wakes up and she's like talking to him about the other (sighs) Derek. That's wild. I mean, I don't even know what to say. There's nothing you really can say. That was her experience. That was her experience. There you go. So they're saying Jesus was involved. No, he, she just called out for Jesus. He didn't show up and then karate kick the reptile. So let's just have one more story. Yay. Here's a really positive one. This one is from sunnyskies.com with S-K-Y-Z. Sunnyskies.com. Headline, London man receives world's first 3D printed eye. Yay. All right. Wow. Which one is it? You can't tell in the picture. Uh, here's the story. Steve Verzi, a 47-year-old engineer from Hackney, was given the prosthetic eye on Thursday. Moorefields Eye Hospital said in a press release that the prosthetic is the first fully digital prosthetic eye created for a patient. A 3D printed eye is a true biomimic and a more realistic prosthetic with clear definition and a real depth to the pupil, the hospital explained in a press release. Unlike traditional methods, it uses scans of the eye instead of an invasive mold of the eye socket, 
so difficult for children that they can need a general anesthetic. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so they actually do a scan of the other eye, and it looks really good. The production process is also much faster than traditional acrylic prosthetic eyes, which are hand-painted and can take months to complete. Wow, that's really interesting. I've needed a prosthetic eye since I was 20, and I've always felt self-conscious about it, Verzi said. When I leave my home, I often take a second glance in the mirror, and I've not liked what I've seen. The new eye looks fantastic, and being based on 3D digital printing technology, it's only going to be better and better. Professor Mandeep Sangu, clinical leader for the project at Moorfield Eye Hospital and professor of ophthalmology and ocular oncology at University College London, said he was excited about the potential of the new development method, and he says, we hope the forthcoming clinical trial will provide us with robust evidence about the value of this new technology, showing what a difference it makes for our patients. It clearly has the potential to reduce waiting lists. <laughs> yeah, he's you just, just print Mr. out some eyes. Yeah, he's just being Mr. Technical. But yeah, yeah wow, look at that eye. If you go to this uh, article, sunnyskies.com, and, and just look, uh, Google or search engine, London man receives world's first 3D printed eye, and you can see this picture. And in a way, you almost can't tell which one's his real eye. But you can. But so, it's so dang close. It's not like it was in... Previous times when uh, the glass eye. So I had someone who sat next to me in high school in all my classes because we had this, the uh, last name that started with a, so we had to sit next to each other in all of our sign classes. And he had a glass eye and would often take the eye out and set it on the (laughs) desk. No, for real. So I turn around, of course, of course he had to sit behind me in every class. Like I said, and the teacher would be like, here, pass back these papers. And so you turn around and the dude's eyes sitting on the table. Oh, Could you see in the socket? Well, he would, the the socket would close itself with no eyeball in there to hold it up. So So the muscles would, would contract. Well, just the eye eyelid would kind of lay over the hole because there's no eyeball you know your eyeball sticks out but of course he would oblige everyone into pulling his eyelid open so you've seen it oh yeah so everyone could see inside did people put things in it like pencils or anything like that no 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 did he ever come to school with like like a pencil sticking out of his eye like yeah i think that would probably hurt but people did ask if they could hold his eye i'm thinking like is it sanitary to put your eye back in your socket after being on a high school desk wow so that kind of that story really hit home for you it did i was like Oh, it took me right back. But anyway, if I don't know, 3D printed eye versus the uh, yeah, glass I mean, he would eye, like that one. Know. Well, but it was hand painted. It was nice. Yeah, I bet it didn't look <laughs> as good as this one. Uh, I mean, you don't remember. That's I, fine. Well, I mean, it's hard to say because this guy is in a picture and not moving his eye, so That's it's it. hard for me to give it. Well, everyone, comparison. that was our uh, every seventh episode beyond the news at midnight on Earth, where we uh, comb the internet. Earth's news feed and all the places for strange, surreal stories. There's probably another 30 stories that I didn't get to that just slipped through the cracks. So if what I found interests you, of course you can look for that out there, but realize that I'm also not catching with my big wide net. The other 150 stories in the last month or two that are out there, you know, this is all fairly recent to be honest. So there's a lot going on in this strange, strange world. So that's why we do these episodes. Bryn, thank you so much for being here. 
I really appreciate it. Is there anything you want to say to everyone before we go? Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thanks everyone for being here. I, I think, uh, 110 countries is pretty awesome. Jim. Yeah, 110 countries. We're up to yeah, 110 countries. And everyone check out Blue Cobra CBD. You have to check it out. You know, it's the highest quality CBD oil. I wouldn't keep bringing it up if it really wasn't the best. <laughs> and, and Howard is a really nice person. Howard Hitt is an incredible He's person. A good person His wife, to Judy, is you. amazing. It's family owned. It's small batch. It's just so positive. So check that out. But yeah. Thank you, Brent, for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Midnight on Earth.